It's 11.59 in Cozy Corner. The current temperature is 76 degrees with a hot wind breaking in from the northeast. Breaking wind. <sighs> Have you ever wanted to walk into a crowded supermarket, pull down your pants, defecate on the pickle aisle, look a stunned bystander in the eye and yell, I'm doing this for you at the top of your lungs before throwing a jar of pickles on the ground and storming out of the store in a huff? Have you ever wanted to do this with a friend? Dr. Harold Fig needs a ride to the Cozy Corner Market this Saturday. You can reach him through his email address, picklepooper at cozymail.com. Now it's time for Dr. Harold Fig's favorite show, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Listen, don't listen, I get paid either way. On with the show. Yay. It's midnight. Time for the world's most moderately rated public radio show, The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith. Buckle up. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, The Late Night Fright. Commencing transmission in five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Faith, is it just me or is it getting weirder around here? Oh, it's definitely weird. And I also have an ungodly craving for pickles. You're gross. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan and with me as always is my sigh frightmare of a co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. You know, I'm going to be sad to see Sigh Frightmare Month end. Faith, you so eloquently said... That horror and science fiction are the chocolate and peanut butter of the movie world when we began this endeavor. I stand by my assessment. This month began with Ridley Scott's 1982 dystopian masterpiece Blade Runner. It continued with 1958's drive-in classic The Blob, starring Steve McQueen. And then we ventured to the mountains of Arizona for an alien encounter in 1993's Fire in the Sky, starring Robert Patrick and James Garner. Where can we possibly go from here? To the outer reaches, Faith. To the outer reaches. But before we go way, way out, we would like to welcome all of you to our moderately rated little public radio program. Be you a spook specter, astral traveler from Dimension X, or a derelict ghost ship that has returned from parts unknown. Welcome one and all. We are so glad you've decided to join us here in Cozy Corner. Cozy Corner. It's not just a place. It's a state of mind. Faith, what is our final Psy Frightmare film on the slab for postmortem this very fine evening? From director Paul W.S. Anderson, we have 1997's Event Horizon, a film that tells a tale of a ship once believed to be lost forever to the void, only to return a lot more evil. Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill headline the cast with a script by Philip Eisner. Released on August 15, 1997, Event Horizon had a troubled production history, was a box office disappointment, but has since gone on to achieve cult status. Is it as good as its fans say it is? Is it as bad as its detractors claim? In space, no one can hear you scream. Wrong movie. It's going to be a long night. We're going to take a short pause for a coffee cause. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Buckle up because we are going to the edge of the solar system. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We will see you on the other side. All systems go.
funding for the late night fright and WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio is made possible through a generous grant from the Wells Jennings Corporation. Wells Jennings, building a better tomorrow today. We are pleased to announce the release of our newest product, Chicken Bits, available now in supermarkets in Cozy Corner and around the world. Chicken Bits, harvested from the world's most genetically modified mutant chickens. Chicken Bits, a delicious chicken treat that will have you and your family in the emergency room vomiting out of your ass. I mean, a delicious chicken treat that you and your whole family will enjoy. The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith will continue after these messages. Flags, UFO sightings, the global elite's agenda for mass depopulation. These are just a few of the topics we discuss on Conspiracies, WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio's only show dedicated to unmasking the evil elite and their ungodly plans for this world. Join me, your unnamed host, from an undisclosed location every day in the early morning hours from 2 to 4 a.m. Celebrity clones, supplemental messages and entertainment, Taylor Swift, makes your asshole pucker, doesn't it? Well, it should. Conspiracies, you'll be so scared you'll crap yourself. Conspiracies. Get ready to make some spooky dookie. Conspiracies. Nah, you need to get a step stool, a cucumber, and some aluminum foil. It'll be just like this time I was in Bangkok. Crap, we're on the air. Disregard everything you just heard. We now return to the late night fright. The only show deemed a hazard by the World Health Organization. Enjoy. Yay. Are you still there? No, you don't have to take the pricklies off the cucumber. We're gonna wrap it in the aluminum foil. Space. The Final Frontier. Wrong movie. An epic drama of adventure and exploration. Stanley Kubrick's 2001, A Space Odyssey. Wrong again. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Nope. In space, no one can hear you scream. No. The tide of terror that swept America is here. Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. It's not a Kubrick movie. If Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. No. Weren't you in that one? That was... someone else. (laughs) That's creepy. I'll take it from here. Be my guest. 2015, first permanent colony established on Moon. 2032, commercial mining begins on Mars. 2040, deep space research vessel Event Horizon launched to explore the boundaries of the solar system. She disappears without trace beyond the eighth planet, Neptune. It is the worst space disaster on record. 2047. Now. Event Horizon. Now you've got it. After the commercial success of 1995's Mortal Kombat, Englishman Paul W.S. Anderson had his pick of scripts. 
He turned down the opportunity to helm the Mortal Kombat sequel Annihilation and the first X-Men film in favor of directing an R-rated horror movie. That film would become Event Horizon. As originally conceived, the movie would concern the galactic cruise ship Event Horizon and hauntings perpetrated by tentacled, interdimensional aliens. Anderson liked the concept, but felt the draft he read borrowed a little too heavily from Ridley Scott's influential 1979 film Alien and asked to do a rewrite. Anderson's rewrite incorporated influences from director Robert Wise's film The Haunting and Stanley Kubrick's 1980 masterpiece The Shining, films in which the antagonistic spirits are not seen, films with ambiguous endings. Event Horizon was plagued by production problems because of James Cameron's 1997 disaster epic Titanic. Paramount, the studio behind both films, wanted a hit film before Titanic's release, which meant that instead of having the industry standard 10 weeks to edit his film, Anderson and the studio agreed he would do it in six, all while still filming the movie. Anderson's original two-hour, 10-minute gory cut of Event Horizon was trimmed down to an economical 96 minutes and lost most of the gore, leaving behind a movie Roger Ebert said failed to deliver on the promise of its first half. Lawrence Fishburne, familiar to horror audiences for his role as Weston Hill's orderly Max in Chuck Russell's 1987 film A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Welcome to prime time, bitch and to science fiction fans for his role as Morpheus in the Matrix trilogy, Take the Red Pill, portrays Captain S.J. Miller of the Lewis and Clark, the ship tasked with investigating the newly reappeared Event Horizon. Along with him for the ride are Sam Neill, best known for his role as Alan Grant in Jurassic Park as Dr. Weir, the designer of the Event Horizon, Kathleen Quinlan, an Oscar nominee for her role in Apollo 13. Houston, we have a problem. Yes, we've all seen the movie and we know the quote. Thank you very much. Portrays Peters, the Lewis and Clark's medical tech. Jolie Richardson is communications officer Stark. Richard T. Jones is Cooper, the rescue technician. Jack Noseworthy is engineer Justin. Jason Isaacs, famous for his role as Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter series of films. You're a wizard, Harry. Is DJ, the ship's doctor. And Sean Pertwee, familiar to American audiences for his role as Alfred in the television series Gotham. I'm Batman. Thank you very much. He portrays ship's pilot Smith. Released on August 15th, 1997, Event Horizon was a critical and commercial failure, but did find an audience on home video and has since developed a cult following. At the time of this recording, Amazon Studios is developing an Event Horizon television series. Tonight, we will be scoring Event Horizon in the category Overall Film, and in lieu of stars, we will be awarding it Experimental Gravity Drives. Sweet dreams. All right, here we go. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We're going to be talking about Event Horizon, but before we can go to the outer reaches of the solar system, Faith, what are we drinking? I have Donut Shop from Wide Awake with a little bit of my pumpkin pie spice creamer. It's got the pretty little hippo on the box. Yeah. I have Wide Awake's Seattle style dark. It's got a little owl. And as I said before, that owl, he doesn't give a hoot. No. <laughs> no hoots were given. <laughs> a couple of hoots were given on this trip out to the outer reaches of the solar system. This was a first time watch for you, wasn't it? It was. This is a very fun and interesting way to end Psy Frightmare Month. Yes, so absolutely. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to getting into this film. So there's a cruel twist of fate here. Uh, they wanted to get this movie out in August of 97 because Titanic was going to come out in September of 97. So they rushed the production. Cruel twist of fate. Titanic didn't come out until December. <laughs> 
So they could have taken their time yeah. with this movie. We're going to talk about that. I think this movie suffers from the production rush. Yeah. And I think you can feel and see it on the screen. And, I, mm-hmm. and it's a shame because it's such a good movie. Right. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. So they could have taken their time. And uh, by the way, before we get into Event Horizon... Speaking of Titanic, I've said it before on the show, that film has one of the most terrifying scenes I've ever seen in all of movies. It's when he does that big shot and you see the boat off in the distance in the dark in the water and the lights go off on the boat and you realize just how incredibly alone those people are. Right. It's a terrifying shot. Absolutely terrifying. So Faith, this was a first time watch for you. Mm -hmm. The final one inside Frightmare Month. What? were your initial initial impressions of Event Horizon. So I liked the movie. I liked the movie a lot. Um, I liked the atmosphere of the movie. I liked the way it looked. Roger Ebert gave the atmosphere very high marks in his review of this movie when it came out. Well, I, I, I can go there with him. I really, that, that's really one of my favorite things of this. I really I could see the problem with the production. The first half of the movie, I felt very disconnected. Like, just could not get into it at all. And... You know, I pushed on with it. Then it got pretty good, pretty exciting, and it, it, it hooked me. But it did take me a good while, you know. <laughs> yeah. But overall, yeah. I, w- but, I liked but it. But you like it. It's weird, isn't yeah, it? That I do it's like got it. all of these problems. And not only does it have all the problems, the issues are right up front in the film. You can mm-hmm. see it on the screen through no fault of anybody in the movie and really no fault of anybody making the movie. You know, they were doing what they right. had to do, you know, per studio order. My initial impression while watching this is that this would have fit right at home on a drive-in double bill in the mid to late 50s, okay? Mm -hmm. This is something like, I got on this kick where I was watching old 50s sci-fi movies, like pulpy sci-fi movies, like It with an exclamation mark. We like the exclamation mark here on the Late Night Fright, don't we? When we oh, watch we sure do. Them, them, you know? <laughs> and we think that uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, needs that exclamation mark at the end. Jason you know, Lives. I went to uh, Spirit Halloween today, and I was walking around, I saw some Jason Lives stuff, and I was showing my sister, and I was like, no, you have to have, you have to add an exclamation mark. You really do. <laughs> you really do. I'm really surprised that they haven't turned Friday the 13th or Elm Street into a musical yet. Oh, I'm shocked. That that I know of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Freddy I, I, actually would work better as a musical. I yeah, think, I mean, I tend to stay away from I do too. that, so we might not even know. I do too. <laughs> but uh, this, this really would uh, would have been at home on a double bill with something like It, The Terror from Beyond Space from 1958, 1956's Earth versus the Flying Saucers, and 1953's Invaders from Mars. Could you imagine this film? Here's a here's a what if. If this movie had been a nineteen late nineteen fifties black and white science fiction film, you oh. take out, you know, some of the more macabre, gory stuff, couldn't you see it working on Absolutely. that level? Because it's got this great concept working at the heart of it, you know. Mm-hmm. What if this derelict ship comes back from a dimension? What if that dimension just turns out to possibly be hell? <laughs> <Right>. Ooh, <laughs> we're going to get into that. Very pulpy space adventure stuff, and I really do think that there's an intelligent, thoughtful movie that's hanging out mm-hmm. underneath this movie because this movie is all of the movies that you've seen in your life because there's <laughs> exactly. Alien, there's a Hellraiser, there's 2001, there's Star Wars, and it's The Matrix about two years early. And it's even got Morpheus <laughs> in it. So um, really, though, at its, at its core, it's a haunted house movie. Mm-hmm. And it's very classic in that respect. You can take the sci-fi stuff away from it, and it's a haunted house movie. Right. So what do you think of it? as a horror film, because this really is of all the movies that we've done this month, this is really the closest that we've gotten to like a true horror science fiction mashup. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about this as a horror film? Yeah, I, I enjoy all of those horror elements in it. I mean, there's some really dark, disturbing stuff going on. Dark, dark, disturbing stuff. And that's to me, one of the frustrating elements of the movie is that the stuff is so dark and disturbing and I never feel like it gets the film properly explores either aspect of the science fiction or the right. horror elements of this movie. Right. Like you said, you could take away the sci-fi and just have that horror stuff and it would have been so good, you know, and I don't know. I, I, I could see if you take away the sci-fi stuff and you have 
the house, you know, yeah. and you're not, and, and you're staying away from getting into poltergeist territory. Mm-hmm. I could see this being like a early to mid seventies hammer or amicus production with someone like a Christopher Lee or a Peter Cushing, where there's a house that's just evil. Right. There's a movie with Roddy McDowell. The name of the film is escaping me at the moment, but the house is just pure evil, but it's like haunted. You know, this is really cool because the ship itself you know, has become, you know, the harbinger of, yeah. of doom. You know, no, I think it's really cool. I like the concept. I feel like maybe it was just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to, to say. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Like we said, you could tell that this is rushed. Yeah. You, you can tell in parts that this is rushed. And then you get even more frustrated when you read that the footage that they shot for this was lost because, this thing became like a very big hit on home video. Like it, it just, I remember everybody started talking about it on home video and then we started watching it. I remember watching it and I liked the movie back in the day. It, uh, it creeped me out quite a bit, but yeah. it, it, it was kind of just forgettable in, in some respects. You remember certain things from it and, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. There are certain things that are standing out in my head from watching it. Right. And some of it's just really lost to me, you know? That's, that's and no offense to it. No, absolutely not. But absolutely that's how not. I felt watching it. That especially that first half, it just kind of felt like it was just like here's some stuff. Yeah. And you're just sitting there kind of processing it, and then it got to some good stuff. So yeah, that's that's yeah. really the only you know. It's a big. It's a big what if movie. Right. What if what if we had taken our time with it? What yeah. if what if we had uh, edited that footage back in and we got a proper director's cut? So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's frustrating. It's so frustrating to to kind of look back at this movie and critique it you know because i like it so much and then there's so much about it that i don't like but yeah but the stuff that i don't like isn't affecting <laughs> you know how i'm seeing the movie it's exactly it's really it is, weird it's very weird <laughs> so let's have a little bit of fun here let's dig these 90s effects i love these i love these mid to late 90s movies that have cgi and the cgi has this real like cartoonish quality to it like uh-huh. and in this one it was like they were taking the next step and they were like all right we're going to make some stuff float. Okay. We're going to put this stuff in zero G. All right. We're going to have this stuff. It's going to be floating all around. We're going to have this watch. This watch. I specifically remember the watch. The watch. Yeah. Around. Yeah. This watch. It's going to be floating. It's just going to float. It's going to float. And we're going to take the CGI. And when that dead body falls, that thing, I think it's going to explode, but it's going to be CGI. <laughs> CGI. I know they're doing the hellscapes in that Spawn movie right now. We're going to have stuff floating. It's going to give our movie the edge. That's the edge that we need. This is the stuff we need to win. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's. you can always tell like the early CGI. God bless them. I mean, I th- and the effects though, for the time are very good. Oh, yeah. uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the effects. Uh, one thing I do like about the movie that I want to give it marks for, and here we are, we're talking about, oh, this movie was rushed and yada, yada, yada. The pacing of this movie is fantastic. This movie like gets in and just does its thing and gets out in about 96 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with with the pacing. <laughs> yeah. I I would have liked more with the characters. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like because I feel like we don't establish them enough. You get the feeling that yes. y- you know, you get the feeling that Sam Neill is an outsider. You get the feeling that the crew has worked together. You know, you get the feel that they they know each other personally outside of the professional relationship that they have. But I also don't feel that we have enough establishing scenes with them so that when they start freaking out on the ship that we really really care about them disappearing or and in- why they're seeing what they're seeing, you know, right. things like that. And then they start disappearing. So uh, I feel like that's a, a missed opportunity. I think that he said the 10 minutes of footage that he, so Anderson to his credit says that the two hour, 10 minute cut that he turned in, he said was too long. And he said, he said it was too long. The studio was right. They needed to cut the movie. He said, but he should have lobbied to keep 10 minutes of it mm-hmm. in. And yeah. it would have uh, really established it as a real kind of gory film mm-hmm. and added to some of the things that I'm talking about here with the character. Yeah, I thought, I thought the same thing with the characters. I feel like you never really get to know who they are. We're just kind of introduced to them, but we don't get a nice, like, deep dive. It's just like, because here's some people. And, and another going- frustrating <laughs> aspect of it, because the, 
we're we're wanting to spend more time with the characters is because we have such really good actors in this movie. Yeah, like exactly. I mean, we got Lawrence Fishburne, who is one of my absolute favorites. Oh god, yeah. He's an Academy Award nominee for playing one of the worst human beings in all of all time, Ike Turner. And uh, Ike Turner also, though, famously is one of the architects of rock and roll. So, you know, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not the uh, duality of life. Right. But uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I, everything that he's in, he's, he's amazing. He's, I know. I feel like he's this generation's equivalent of someone like a Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Gene Hackman can be in a bad movie and it's still amazing. You know, right. he's amazing in it. And Lawrence Fishburne just he's a guy who always shows up. He always right. plays. He's he's intriguing. He has a real magnetic quality to him. Yeah, he's, he really does. Uh there's for me, there's this kind of spiritual thing going on with Fishburne. Fishburne's this real enigmatic figure, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I agree. And he's been doing this a long time. He's been doing he was a child actor and he's still going. And I think he's absolutely Amazing, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with his performance in this movie. He's, he's. I feel like he's the one person I kind of hung on to the most and didn't want anything to happen to him because of who he is in general. You know, because of him, not necessarily his character, but because everybody loves Fishburne. Fishburne. So of course you're you're holding on to him and hoping nothing happens. Absolutely, I was. I I really didn't want anything bad to happen to any of them, but but Fishburne in particular. Fishburne in particular. Uh, quick Fishburn story to show you how ridiculous things are and, and, and where we are with some things in the world. A few years ago, when they did the Man of Steel movie uh, with Henry Cavill that Zack Snyder directed, and they cast Fishburn as Perry White in that movie. And Perry White is the editor of the Daily Planet. He's Lois Lane and Clark Kent's boss. I'm saying this to the people listening to the show like they don't know who these characters are. They've been in the you know public consciousness now for 90 years. For real. Like it's close to 90 yeah. years now. And, and um but uh and and he was the first black man to play the role. And some people kind of got up in arms, you know, like, well, why are they changing it? And my reaction to it was, wait, they cast Fishburne? Like no, no, no. When you can cast Lawrence Fishburne in your movie and he wants to be in your movie, like you put Lawrence you Fishburne happen. in your movie and you ask him, who do you want to play? Exactly. You know, that's, and my God, he was such a great Perry White, you know, and I, and I hope we get to see a little bit more of him mm-hmm. moving forward in that universe. But he is, he is such a presence and he's, and he's very enigmatic and he's very good in this and he's one of the best parts of this movie. And he was one of the things when this movie is falling apart in front of your eyes. And and if you've seen enough movies, you could tell that this thing just has a few problems with it. And he's not one of them. No, not at all. Neither is Sam Neill. We talked about Sam Neill with Jurassic Park a few weeks ago during big monster month. Sam Neill was uh, one of the things that we really loved about Jurassic Park, and his performance is is one of the things that makes that movie very special and grounds that movie. Mm-hmm. And here, I like seeing him. He's a great actor. He's a really good actor. He really is. And it's nice seeing him play a little bit of duplicity, mm-hmm. you know. And I love that they cast him as the smart guy because Sam yeah. Neill really. There are certain actors that can play thoughtful. You know, and mm-hmm. you see them thinking and 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 you know that things are going through their head. Uh, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones is one of those guys when you see him thinking. Exactly. You know? And uh, Fishburne's another guy you can you you can actually see, you know, thinking. Mm-hmm. And um, but uh, Sam Neill is another guy. And I liked seeing him play the kind of secretive duplicitous character that goes bad. You know, I didn't see that guy. coming at all. It wasn't wasn't that a nice twist? <laughs> it was. It was Wasn't very that nice. a nice twist? We have Kathleen Quinlan in the movie. Kathleen Quinlan is, of course, uh, an Academy Award nominee for Apollo 13. That's one of the great movies. Uh, greatest, for me, that's one of the greatest films ever made. I, I really like that movie. And she played uh, Marilyn Lovell, the uh, wife of Jim Lovell in that movie, and, and rightfully got an Academy Award nomination. She has a credit in a little movie that we love called American Graffiti. 
She's got one scene in the movie. She's smoking in the bathroom talking to Cindy Williams in that movie. So Kathleen Quinlan goes way back. She's <laughs> one of those names that pops up in American Graffiti because everybody was in America. Everybody who became somebody exactly. was in American <laughs> Graffiti. Uh, she plays Parker, and um, I feel like she may have benefited a little more from that 10 minutes of footage. You know, I feel like there we needed a little more with her yeah. because – she is such a good actress and her death is so sudden in this movie. It feels so sudden in this movie yeah, and, it, and it, tragic. And mm-hmm. I wanted to really feel that death. I did you know? too. Uh, but I liked her performance quite a bit. I like this whole cast. This I do too. This whole cast that's, is really good. That's why it feels so unfortunate to to feel so rushed with the characters. You know, there's really no, no story with these people. You know, I, I, at yeah. least, you know, I just feel like we, we needed to have a little bit more feels like a it feels like a real missed opportunity with this group. It, it really does. Really with the group of actors, you know. Yeah. Especially considering the material and what they could have done with the material, you know. And I and I don't feel that it cashes in enough on the horror aspect of it, you know, um, mm-hmm. being a complete kind of kind of mind twiddle, you know, which yeah. is what I was I was hoping for. But again, and I, and I keep saying this and take a shot every time I say it, I don't dislike the movie. I, I don't, I I don't actually, either. <laughs> I actually really, really like the movie. So let's talk, let's talk about, uh, for me, the most interesting aspect of this is the interdimensionality of it. And sci-fi, I love the sci-fi angle of it where they're explaining the interdimension, uh, interdimensional travel and he explains it with the paper and, you know, mm-hmm. the shortest point from point A to point B is not a straight line. It's right. zero, you know, right. and, and wrapping space around itself. That's a fascinating concept. I've read about that and, and other things. But what I like is that the ship travels to another dimension and comes back and they're insinuate. They don't come right out and say it, but they insinuate that the ship has gone to hell right. and come back. So <laughs> by that token, they are insinuating that hell is a dimension mm-hmm. parallel right. to ours. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I do too. And the ship comes back with some kind of malicious presence on board. The ship itself is the malicious presence. I think that's a really cool concept. That's a great concept. It's really cool. That's what they call, that's what they call in screenwriting in Hollywood. They call that a high concept. It's a, it's a, it's a thing that can be boiled down to like a sentence, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, it also gets a lot of people in trouble because then what happens is they'll have a, a movie that has a high concept, you know, that's very successful. And we'll take just for example, uh, I'm pulling this out of thin air. The sixth sense. So a boy can see dead people. Okay. There you go. Okay. And then there'll be a whole lot of other movies <laughs> like that, you know, because they think that's what's what works mm-hmm. in that movie. And we know, and uh, all of our listeners out there, they're very smart and intelligent. They know that the sixth sense doesn't work because of the hook of that movie. You know, it's it's the emotional content that is that is on the movie right, itself. Exactly. And it's a wonderful, wonderful movie about healing and reconciliation and communication is what that movie boils down to. But you have a great high concept here with a ship returns from parts unknown and it's malicious. It's it's yeah. a, and and it's haunted and it and it put uh preys upon your fears and shows you your great fears. That's a great hook. It's so, it's so great. That's an absolutely great hook. And they're trying their damnedest to hang the emotional content on it. It just doesn't come together no. like I, I would like for it to come together. Right, me too. Uh, but let's talk about it, uh, the sci-fi aspect of it, with, with hell and just places in general, Faith. let's. This is a lot of your purview here because you watch a lot of this stuff. Are some places just bad? I think so. I think a lot of places, when you were talking about a while ago, like how this movie can take this sci-fi out and just be a haunted house, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, this house could have been built on a portal. And I feel like a lot of that is what what a lot of these places are. They're bad. And I feel like a lot of them are portals that, I mean, yeah, totally. that makes it interesting with the concept of hell being a dimension. You know, it's it, it, it feels like it makes sense. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and that's that. That was a really intriguing idea to me. That, yeah. uh, and again, it's something that I don't. It's there and it's great, and I don't feel like it goes to its full, you know, to to, to its full potential. Right. You know? But uh, some places are born bad. It feels like, or they're on ley lines, possibly. You know. Yeah, I and, think so. Yeah. 
And one thing I've been reading about and watching recently with these ley lines is uh, quartz has a lot to do with mm-hmm. it. I was watching the Skinwalker Ranch mm-hmm. series and they've been finding, I'm very early in the series, but they've been finding a lot of quartz. And I think there is something to location of certain places. Yeah, especially. I think so too. And weren't you watching something recently where quartz was a was a factor or maybe it was I think it was the, the newest Ghost Adventures. Ghost episode. Adventures. The the Smithfield is the, that what the it is? Goldfield. Goldfield. Like this is like their third third or fourth trip. And it's like underground. And they of course think there's a portal. A portal. Yeah. Under the building that actually right. runs across the street to another building because all underground is quartz. And you know another one is um limestone, I've heard. Limestone too is a big Conductor. 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 Water, too. I mean... And, you know, and it's something that is explored uh, in Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters from 84, with the Dana Barrett, uh, her apartment building is mm-hmm. built out of this strange, you know, metal alloy, and it's a superconductor for supernatural activity. Mm-hmm. And that is an absolutely fascinating idea to me. And when you look around the world and you look at certain places and certain places that are deemed, you know, haunted, you know, mm-hmm. and things like this, and you look at... You know, were they constructed as a portal, as, as some kind of catcher for this you know, right. supernatural activity? And this was going through my head as I was watching this, and this was playing out. Mm-hmm. And I just started watching the hotel episode of the Ghost Adventures and the Skinwalker stuff and, you, and all this weird stuff. And all this weird stuff, has a, there's a lot of similarities with that. And, exactly. And you get into uh, some of the ideas, uh, you know, with parallel dimensions and, and all these things and portals and mm-hmm interdimensional travel with space beings, you know, that they're not actually uh, coming from far distances. They're actually like, you know, you know, uh, doing what they explained in this movie. They're going from, from point zero. Yeah. They're coming through really interesting. Then you get into, I was thinking of uh, the super Hadron collider at CERN, you know, and what they're doing there. And they're basically from what I know, I'm a lay person. I could be completely wrong on this. If I am wrong, please, please send us an email on uh, late night fright podcast at gmail.com. But from what I know about what they're doing at the super Hadron collider at CERN, I think it's over in Switzerland. If I'm not mistaken, so. uh, they're basically creating some kind of like black hole, you know, yeah. it's, it's the same idea of a black hole, which is what this ship, you know, went through, which right. is what the warp drive <laughs> did. Right. You know, so it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating stuff, interdimensional stuff. Uh, the fact that, you know, certain spirits could be just echoes, re, you know, residue. You yeah, know, that, exactly. Like there's residual hauntings and then there's conscious hauntings, you know. Yeah. So, uh, again, it's it, it, a lot of fascinating ideas mm-hmm. in this flick. It just, I don't feel like they just come together in that package that I, that I wanted. No, because I feel like, honestly, I feel like this just would have, like, blown me away if they really both would have just been cohesive enough like it would have been just so cool because I, I love the idea of what's going on in this in this movie i love it too i i just wish it had come together a right. little better um so my final thought on this let me see what you think All right. of it uh total 90s movie we have slow motion running explosions and fire mm-hmm. my final verdict the kind of movie nicholas cage would have made back in the day <laughs> And should be making today. What's so funny is I knew exactly where you were going with this when you said fire and slow yes, motion. Yes, you did. Running. I knew Nicolas Cage was going to be involved. And I <laughs> want to offer a special thanks to James Cameron for, for screwing up this movie. <laughs> you know whose fault it is? It's that damn Kate Winslet. Yeah, right. It's that damn Kate Winslet. So, <laughs> And again, I, I do like the movie. I, I really like the movie. Now, yeah. there's a remake series that's supposed to be happening at Amazon, through Amazon. And I'm not going to lie. I, I'm kind of intrigued by it. If they can take this idea in its purest form mm-hmm. and bring it to, to full bloom. Yeah, bring, I, full potentials need, you know, I think it, I think it might be something really worth watching and worth exploring. Yeah. And it might be cool if it was in the same universe as, as this, if mm-hmm. if they were able to pull in maybe some of these characters, like a Fishburne or somebody. I don't know. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. But um, yeah, kind of kind of a neat time capsule too. You know, like I said, with the special effects and and all that. And, uh, it's amazing how they had, they wanted to rush this movie because because <laughs> they were worried about Titanic. You know, isn't it amazing? Titanic is about to be twenty five years old, as wow. is this movie. So. 
Um, yeah, I, I just kind of made fun of it a little bit with the Nicolas Cage thing, but it really the movie really does have a great pace. It's it's it it's does. wonderfully paced. It's wonderfully acted. Uh, we didn't mention Jolie Richardson. She's really good in it. Uh, Richard T. Cooper is really good. You know, there's um, or the character of Cooper, I should say, mm-hmm. yeah, is really good. Uh, Sean Pertwee is is really great in it, and. I just wanted a little bit more on the monster side of stuff. Yeah, you know? I and I and I respect the decision to not really show the stuff, but uh, I just wanted a little more with that. Uh, what did you think of the ending? Because the ending is trying to play on the on the you know uh, false ending, you know, and then the jump scare, and then it's not. And I'm just kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> it, it's, it's like, all right. It's yeah, fine. it was okay. <laughs> I think honestly, it almost would have maybe have been cooler if it was all a night like all a nightmare could have yeah it could have been yeah maybe i don't know could have been and um in this movie dream this movie really does want to be alien (laughs) it it does (laughs) it is so it's so stepping right up to alien but the thing is with alien you you care about those people you know you get connected to that to those characters right i mean that's that's the thing you 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 spend time with all of those characters in Alien, the seventy nine mm-hmm. Alien. That was a point we made when we did the show, is how terrifying the movie is because of how good those actors are and how good they uh, how great a job they do of uh, cutting those characters, you know. Right. And you get that great dinner scene with them or mm-hmm. breakfast scene with them, and. It's amazing. It feels like throwaway dialogue that's happening in there when you've got uh, Yafet Kodo and Harry Dean Stanton talking and Tom Skerritt and, and Veronica Cartwright and John Hurt and all those great actors sitting there. And, if, and, and it feels very natural. It's very natural. But mm-hmm. everything in that scene is revealing character. And you know who each one of those people are. And Yep. Even the ones that you you like a little more than others, you don't want anything bad to happen to no. those people in Alien. And that's part of the horror of that film is bad shit happens to everybody exactly. in that movie. And you're basically waiting for And you're waiting for it. And you're waiting to, yes. for it. And that's the thing. Because once and, one happens, you're just waiting for the next one. And, and this movie... This movie, you should be, you know, you don't have to do Alien, but you should be kind of waiting and not wanting anything to happen. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're just kind of watching happen. I guess the biggest difference between Alien and Event Horizon is in Alien, you feel like you're an active participant in, exactly. in the proceedings. And here, a lot of stuff is happening on screen. You're, you're and, just observing. And you're observing it. And that's the biggest difference. Yep. And that's not the fault of Paul Anderson. Paul Anderson has gone on to direct some pretty decent movies. He actually did uh, the Predator Alien movie, the first one. And I really like that movie. I mean, okay. talk about a mashup in the style of like House of Frankenstein and those kind of things. You know, just mm-hmm. a fun, you know, uh, coming out in the wake of Freddy versus Jason and those kind of things, you know. Um, I actually really like that movie. I feel like that's the best movie we could have gotten with the Predators and the Aliens. Okay. And James Cameron talked crap about the movie before it came out. And actually, when he saw it, he said, no, that was a great movie. That was a fun movie. And 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 it plays on ancient alien theory because there's a temple in antarctica so i mean it's like <laughs> having just a ball you know yeah. and, and i mean this dude is very very capable and very competent and i do not put this on him you know yeah. when you look at the the production stuff and the agreement to do six weeks of editing while they're still filming like that's that that's gonna hurt anything exactly. it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah it's kind of like in football if your offensive line just isn't blocking it doesn't matter how good your running back is <laughs> you, if, if you're not getting you know winning the battle in the trenches you're not going to move forward so a right. uh, great flick i think mm-hmm. that is just a, a hell of a missed opportunity and a unique look back at the 90s in a, in a weird way and uh that's what i'll say about it <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna score it after the break, this is a news break. We have a special news editorial from the Cake Contractor, so be sure to stick around for that. Yes. And then we'll be back after that with our final score, maybe some final thoughts, and a preview of next week's show. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be so fun. I can tell you already, it's <laughs> going to be a fun one. We got a fun little movie that we're going to be a little movie that we're going to be doing. <laughs> but uh, until then, I am Dan. And I am Faith. We will see you on the other side.
of the age is upon us, and soon the fires of purification will engulf this dimension. You don't want to be unprepared. Visit the Dark Depository, your one-stop repository for all of your dark spell-casting needs. From wands to spell books to first editions of Dr. Largo Giuseppe's influential tome, The Devil's Anus, we have everything you need for the coming age. The Dark Depository, located on Sacred Burial Road, across from the King's Palace Drive-In Theater. The Dark Depository, a proud underwriter of the late night fright. <laughs> This is WKMF Cozy Corner Station Manager Dave Dinko. Here with a special editorial is Mario Manicotti, the cake contractor. Thank you. This is Mario Manicotti, the cake contractor, the guy that makes all of your fondant dreams come true. You all know me. I'm the guy that builds all those specialty cakes. Remember that one I did that was an actual playable game? Remember how all them kids played the game and ran their little grubby fingers all over the cake and then we served it and everybody got sick? That was some crazy crap. I'm also the guy that makes all your fondant dreams come true with my fondant houses. You probably heard the commercials here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We can make that fondant look like anything and when we use Rice Krispie Treats for load-bearing walls, the sky is the limit. I'm here tonight to talk about the supply chain problem facing our great country, the U.S. of A. We got container ships sitting off the coast of Los Angeles that ain't coming in, and we got a whole mess of other problems. Talking head pundits say we ain't going to have most of the crap we usually get to have around Christmas, and politicians ain't doing dick about the problem. Imagine that. Well, I'm here to offer a solution. Fondant. It's cheap, it smells amazing, and you can do all kinds of crazy crap with it. You can't get a turkey for the holiday season? Fondant. I've been feeding my kids fondant for years. You put that stuff through a Play-Doh cutter and get it all colored right and it looks just like spaghetti. Put some modeling chocolate meatballs next to it, bam. You got a home-cooked Italian meal. You can do the turkey, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, the pumpkin pie, all of that stuff out of fondant. It's just that easy. You ain't going to be able to get Johnny that new bike he wants for Christmas. Let me and my team build him a custom fondant bike. We'll even put some candy corn in the spokes. It'll be amazing. Video games, tinker toys, flat screen TVs. We can make all that crap out of fondant. Fondant has been good to me. Let it be good to you. Come see me, Mario Manicotti, the cake contractor. We're all in this together. God bless you, your families, the United States of America. Most of all, God bless Fondant. Thank you. This has been a WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio News Editorial. The Late Night Fright with Dan and Faith will be right back. We now return to the late night fright with Dan and Faith. I know you're as excited as I am. Here's a mellow little piece of music to cool us out before we get to the show's final section. Yeah. You got the step stool all right. 
Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we're going to finish up our discussion of Event Horizon. And it also marks the end of Psy Frightmare Month here on the show. We've been doing month-long programming. We're not sure what the next month is going to be. We've got a little wild card that's going to be next week. It's going to be a lot of fun, kind of our Halloween pick. And uh, we've done Big Monster Month and we've done... Uh, Sci Frightmares, and I feel like we did, and we had another one too. <laughs> I feel like we did, and I can't. Remember. I cannot remember. <laughs> These shows just start to run together after over two hundred of them. <laughs> so, uh, what? But uh, whatever we do next, I think is going to be a whole lot of fun too. Sci Frightmare Month has really been fun. It's been a lot of fun watching these movies and talking about these movies with you. And we do this show because Faith and I love to talk about movies and. Talking about movies is fun. It's always fun to do it with a friend. Our hope is that you're able to get together with a friend and watch a movie and have a conversation like we are because you never know where that conversation is going to lead you. In these times that we live in, things are a little weird. And it's great to get together with friends and talk about movies because talking about movies is a whole lot better than talking about dark, nasty stuff, world domination and all that politics. Why talk about politics when you can talk about movies? Right. There it is. Okay. So Event Horizon, uh, we both really like the movie and both acknowledge that it has some serious problems. Yes. And <laughs> we, we've we come to an executive decision on the scoring. <laughs> we, so I was going to give it two five, but my heart says give it three because it's trying so hard. Mm-hmm. But I also can't just give it the three. You know? I am right there with you. <laughs> and so we made an executive decision. We are awarding it experimental warp drives tonight. <laughs> We're going to give Event Horizon. You ready, Faith? I'm ready. 2.75 stars. I think that's fair. I think it's extremely fair. I think that's very fair. Yeah. 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 I'll go with that. Because we like some of, we like elements in this movie. Yeah. yeah. We like the cast. Yes, it's great. Story's great. Yeah, the story's idea, the premise, the premise yeah. is wonderful. You know, just a few little, few little things. Few little things that, and it's funny because the few little problems we have are the same problems that the people who made it have. So exactly. So there you go. So I feel good with the two seven five. So too. there it is. Sci Frightmare Month is done. We had Blade Runner. We had the Blob. We had Fire in the Sky. We had Event Horizon. Did you have a favorite movie from this month of programming? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I feel like Blade Runner has kind of stuck with me the most. I feel like... It'll do that. I feel like it's kind of been in the back of my mind. It'll do that. Watching Event Horizon, we were talking about Alien a little bit in our discussion, and and you just mentioned in Blade Runner. uh, Ridley Scott's really, really, really good. Yeah. (laughs) He's he's one of the best. Um, Robert Patrick's performance in Fire in the Sky is something that's going to stick with me for a while. I think that was the most pleasant surprise from the month yeah he's just so good yeah and but the pure nostalgia of the blob you can't overlook you know that great nostalgia in the in the 50s monster movie yeah that is that is a good movie you know thing i think blade runner is just one of those that's like i'm still processing it (laughs) in a way you know and i'm kind of wanting to revisit it very soon it's a movie it's a movie that needs to be revisited because it's a movie that is so dense and is so uh deep you know, that's on, what she said. There, there it is on so many levels. And I'm not gonna lie, it's really bothering me right now that I cannot remember what our other month of programming. You said Big was. Monster. I said Big Monster Month. Oh man, how do we forget our own movies that <laughs> our own month of programming? We had Summer Slasher Month. That's what we did. Summer we did Summer Slasher slashers. Month. We did Jaws and Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th Part 2 and Cheerleader Camp. Yeah, because we we, uh, we we did a... We, we had the contest. There you go. Yeah, we had the contest to see who could pick who... Who had the most who kills. Who had the most kills. Yeah, that was yes. a lot of fun. That was yeah. fun. But again, when you do 200 some odd shows, they start to run together after, after a little while. But... I'm a big fan of the way we've been doing this with the programming for the month. And, Me too. And uh, we're going to continue doing this for the foreseeable future here mm-hmm. on the show, except for this coming week, because what happened was we were going to do something in October, and we missed some time. There were some things going on where we couldn't record yeah. for a couple of weeks, so that 
put the schedule and then we just held off so we could just do the Halloween week. And I think we have a really fun movie for Halloween so. that we're going to go ahead and announce now. Sometimes weird things happen. And who are you going to call? I think Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. That's right. <laughs> We've covered, it was maybe our third or fourth show. We did the original 1984 Ghostbusters. I feel like we need to revisit that movie in a, very, yeah, I think very so. soon. It's, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. But we're going to cover the sequel, Ghostbusters 2, which reunites all of the main cast. We've got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis, Harold Ramis. We've got Ernie Hudson. We've got Annie Potts. What else do you need? You don't need, I don't know you don't if you need, need anything. anything. <laughs> so this time, instead of Zool, we are going up against a haunted painting. That's right. Vigo the Carpathian, his spirit is in a painting, and he wants in on the 21st century, and he's going to use Dana Barrett's son, Oscar, to get in on the century. This is a whole lot of fun. We've got Mood Slime. We've got Proton Packs. We've got Slimer. We've got Dan Aykroyd. What else do you need? Nothing. So that's going to be the next show. That's the next one up. Ghostbusters 2. That will be our Halloween week show. It is spooky season. I know all of you out there that follow the show, you're all in the spooky season. We hope you have a very happy and safe spooky season, especially if you have little ones out there. You know, We hope that uh, you know, they're having a great time and you're all being safe and having yep. a great time. So. As always, we want to thank you for tuning in. Your support means so much to us. Our numbers have been steadily rising. It is such a treat, and it's a trip because, as, as I've said before, when I look around at where we're recording, and, we, and we're in this great little studio with mood lighting and this little room, and we're being heard all over the world, it is such a trip to me. It, it's it's yeah, amazing. Me too. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And as always, stay happy, healthy, safe, and sane in these strange times we find ourselves living in. Take your vitamins. In the words of the late, great Don Cornelius, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbors. And in the words of my personal favorite, the late Norm MacDonald, who left us too early and left us recently, it still hurts. It's one thing to leave people laughing. It's another to leave them with a smile. Our sincerest hope is that we're able to give you a smile for Absolutely. an hour or so. There's a lot of funny weird stuff in this show, uh, stuff that makes us laugh. We hope it makes you laugh. Uh, there's a little bit of tomfoolery that goes with the show. That's just the, the way that we envision doing this show. And uh, it makes us giggle. We hope it makes you giggle. We hope it makes you smile. And all that we ask in return, because we're not asking you for money, this will always be a free show, is that you pay that smile forward. Small? It's funny when you try to say smile and forward at the same time. <laughs> but we ask that you pay that smile forward and uh, just be kind, be kind to yourself, be kind to those around you. And that's it. Let's make this world a better place because there's people who want to keep us apart and separated. We don't want that. We want us all to be holding hands and standing together in solidarity and unity because we are humanity. That's it. There are those of us who would keep us divided. Well, there are more of us than there are of them. They don't want us standing united. We will be united because I do feel there's an awakening upon us. So, I feel it too. There you go. Good there job. You, you could have said that. It was beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. When you speak from the heart, it comes out, it comes out correct. Yep. So, all right. Well, Seriously, thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. Ghostbusters 2 is up. It's a favorite of mine. Faith uh, has actually never seen the movie, so it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about it with her. We're gonna, Actually, we need to go right now because we're getting ready to watch Ghostbusters 2. And, Faith, if you're lucky, I'm going to take you to that uh, all-night barbecue buffet. Well, let's go. So I've got uh, got the rain slickers so uh, so we don't get anything on our clothes. Let's go, let's go, let's close this down. <laughs> all right, it is that time. Thank you all again. We are going to snap our fingers and see if we can make the magic happen. Are you ready, Faith? I'm ready. On the count of three. One, two, three. There it is, time to go. Time to say goodbye. I have one more thing to say. What's that? If you're in your garage tinkering around, you know, you've got some grand idea of building an intergalactic warp drive just be careful you don't open a portal to hell there you go <laughs> uh, that's all I ask even if you're not building an intergalactic warp drive don't open portals to hell yes please don't <laughs> alright take us home Faith 
May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be a vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. See you on the other side.